I feel that presence tonight. Last Sunday night, we talked about what it took to be ready to go. We didn't cover everything. We just covered one point, and that was be in the church. We proved to you beyond a shadow of a doubt by the scripture that you're either going to be in the church or be left behind. You can have whatever kind of feeling you want about the church, but there's one bottom line. You're going to be in the church if you go in the rapture. Because Jesus said, I, I, I built my church. The gates of hell won't prevail against it. And I gave you, I don't know how many scriptures, but I gave you plenty of scriptures to prove to you that you had to be in the church. This morning... I ministered to you about, is it well with your soul? Well, tonight we continue with that theme of being ready to go. I don't know why the Lord gave me all three sermons to have something to do with the coming of the Lord. But obviously we need to be ready. Obviously we need to be reminded and not get used to church. Not get used to being saved. We need fresh fire. Fresh spirit all the time. We need to have a thirst and a hunger for God's church. And for God himself all the time. And every one of you know that if you've been saved any length of time. That you can get messing around and you can get, you can get uh, slack. For the lack of a better word, you can get slack in relationship to your preparation. I remember when I first got saved, man, I, I couldn't find enough churches to go to. If there was one having church somewhere, Darlene and I was there. Well, you know, after, after you've been saved, as long as I've been saved, if you're not careful, you only obligate yourself to those that you're supposed to go to. Just being honest. You don't have to be, I'll be far salt. <laughs> Amen. And we can't be that way. We can't let ourselves get that way. We have to stay ready. Are you ready? Now I brought my big old Bible tonight because I wanted to read some lengthy scriptures out of it. There's one thing I will never be accused of. I'll never be accused of preaching a sermon without enough scripture to back it up. Now nobody never be able to never be able to accuse me of that. Because I give you more scripture than you keep up with writing down. <laughs> Sister Sister Brown can testify to that when she gets a hold of one of them things to put on the screen. I imagine she sometimes thinks, how many scriptures does it take to preach a sermon? <laughs> it takes a lot for me. I just like to prove my point. In uh, 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I want to start reading, verse 35. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 35. And I'm having a little bit of trouble with the light tonight for some reason. But some man will say, how are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened, except it die. And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not, that body that shall be but bare grain, it may chance of wheat 
or of some other grain. But God, say, but God, giveth it a body as it hath pleased him to every seed his own body. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another of fishes, and another of birds. There are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial. But the glory of the celestial is not is one, and the glory of terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars, and one star differeth from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption, it is raised in incorruption. It is sown in, in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. That's what you and I are. We are a quickening spirit. Quiet in here. We are a quickening spirit. That's our place. That's our position. Albeit, that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural. You see me naturally here tonight. But I'm also a spiritual person. And will become a spiritual person completely. The first man is of the earth, earthen. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As it is earthen, which are they also that are earthen? And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are, the he- that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthen, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Thank the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. I won't always look like this. <laughs> Hallelujah. I won't always be bald-headed. I won't always be old. I won't always be ugly. I don't believe there's an ugly thing in heaven. I don't believe there's a thing made heavenly that's ugly. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. That's shouting ground right there. If I didn't go any further, that's good enough. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Oh, glory. Say, I'm going to be changed. I'm going to be changed. I'm going to be changed. <laughs> oh, some mornings I get up and I think I have changed. That ain't the kind of change I'm talking about here in this scripture. I'm going to get my new body. I'm going to be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on them more mortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up. Death is swallowed up. Death is swallowed up. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Death is swallowed up in victory. Death is swallowed up in victory. You lost a loved one. They've gone on before you. Just remember death is swallowed up in victory. Hallelujah. 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 I'm about to get excited. Oh, death. Where is thy sting? Oh, grave. Where is thy victory? <laughs> The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Let me go back and start over. I skipped something or another. My mind says I skipped something. Let me start back. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable. That's where we are today and that's what we need to get. Sometimes if we're not careful to search church and attending church is a second choice. It's not our first choice. It's if we got nothing else to do, then we go to church. I'm preaching good now. Y'all not shouting good, but I'm preaching good. It must stay first. Everything else must be secondary. I don't have no problem people taking vacations. I don't have no problem people being gone and doing things. But I can tell you that cannot be first. It has to be secondary in our hearts. Church has to be first. Why do I say it? I preached it to you last Sunday night. That's why. It's important because Jesus died for the church. And he's coming back after a church with spot or wrinkle or any such thing. That's what the Word of God tells me. I believe the Word of God. I don't believe the Word of God lies. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Now I'm going to turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 18. But we all, say we all. all. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even by the Spirit of God. Now the way I see it, I'm just a dumb old country boy, but the way I see it is, Every day I'm changing. Change can't be helped. Change is going to take place. I don't like change. Well, you just well get used to it. It's going to happen. Hello? It's going to happen. Whether you like it or not, it's going to happen. It's been happening ever since I've been on earth. But there is a change going to take place. It's going to be that ultimate change. It's going to be that glory to glory change. It's going to happen. Then go with me all the way over to chapter 4, verse 16. For which cause we faint not. (laughs) Oh, I just ought to go ahead and shout and leave and leave y'all sitting here. Y'all say that's the shortest Sunday night service ever been in. I mean, I blessed you this morning with giving you out before 12. and I thought I won't get no complaint this morning. I was fooled. What would you let us out so early for? <laughs> we ain't used to that. I guess that's what we'll do when the Lord comes. Why would you come so quick? I was just fixing to get married. 
For which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. The more this outside goes down, the more this inside goes up. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Y'all must not feel what I feel. I may not let you out early tonight. I mean, he's coming, church. Are you ready? I mean, it's a fact. Are you ready? It's going to happen. For our light afflictions, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. They're just temporary. They're just a little while. But the things which are not seen, those things which are not seen, they are eternal. Well, I'm not through reading yet. Let me give you another one. Chapter 5, verse 1. For we know. Say we know. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God. A house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a New creature. Old things are passed away. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are new. Whoo! Hallelujah, hallelujah. The second coming of Jesus is mentioned somewhere around 21 out of every 20 verses in the Bible. You'll read something about the coming of Jesus. Not Every time you read, get 20 verses, then it says something. I don't mean that. But if you break it down. Jesus is made real in the Bible, leaving no doubt to what's about to happen. What's about to take place. The important thing is, is our preparation for it. Our ready to be there. Matthew said, except those days should be shortened. Listen to him now. Except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. That sounds tough. That sounds like perilous times. That sounds like serious times. But he said, for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. He's saying to me, I'm going to come quicker than even when I said I was coming quicker. In an hour, you think not. He said, I'm coming. Then he said, I'm going to shorten that time and come even quicker. If that be the case, that I'm standing, I'm standing close. I'm standing on the threshold. I'm standing on the moment. I'm standing on the sounding of the trumpet. Oh, glory to God. John said, 14.3, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. This is our hope, church. This is what the believer stands on. is a hope of his return. Don't let yourself grow weary. Don't let yourself get tired. Don't let yourself get unconcerned. Don't let yourself get pulled away by the world. Keep a hold of Jesus Christ with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your might. 
when you even think like you're not standing, then stand up. There's no hope outside of His coming. There's no hope. All we have to do is look at the world and realize there's no hope outside of His coming. It's frightful sometimes to watch the news. If you know anything about anything about the world, sometimes it's frightening to realize that we may not always have what we have tonight even though we've lost a lot of what we used to have. I won't never see the day. My grandchildren won't never see the day. My great-grandchildren and great-great-grandchildren won't never see the day I saw Brother Roger when I was a boy. I didn't realize how good I had it. I didn't realize how wonderful a world I lived in. I didn't realize it until I've gotten to this age and now I realize, man, if I could have just stayed back there. When I thought I was born the worst place in the world, if I'd have just stayed there. I used to think pine trees, there were just too many of them. Because that's what we did. We worked in pine trees. Made our living out of pine trees. Then the Lord called me to pioneer a church in New Jersey. Heightstown, New Jersey. I stayed in New Jersey about two years and I would have loved to have hugged one of them pine trees. God just give me a pine tree in South Mississippi. I'll sit down under it. I grew five years I was there. Sister Brown, I got to where I thought a tree was the most important thing in the whole world. If I saw somebody cut down one, I'd almost cry. Well, in Mississippi, we'd cut them down at will. They got in our way, we just whacked them down. Why? Because there's a G and more of them to take its place. You understand tonight? We're moving at a fast pace in the direction of all hell breaking loose in this world. Well, if you was living in some of those countries, you'd think it had already broke loose. Hello? Some places Christians are dying every day. And if I understood correctly, and I can't remember the country now, it just slipped my mind, which is normal. They burned the last Christian church in that country the other just last week. Burned the last one and killed the members. Yeah, we got it good yet. And what I'm saying is we need to stay close to our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Because we're going to give an account because we've had it so good. We've had it so wonderful. We've had it. We've had, we've had our churches, we've had our preachers, we've had anything we wanted to have in relationship to being able to stay close to God. Hey church, we can't give up. We can't let go. We can't get weak. We must stay strong in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. Paul said, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. Thessalonians 4, 16, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds forever to be with the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Glory. Paul declared in 2 Timothy 4, 6, and 8, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is 
has laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord shall give to me and not only to me but unto all them who love his appearing. Can I tell you tonight I want to fall more in love with his coming than I did yesterday. When tomorrow comes I want to be more in love with his coming than I was today. When Tuesday comes if it comes I want to be more in love with him than I was today. Why? Because he may come on that day. He may come in that hour. He may come in that moment. I've discovered I had rather be a child of God than anything I know. I have discovered I'd rather be an old fashioned, an old timey preacher of the gospel and a Holy Ghost filled believer than anything I know on this earth. Why? Because there is a mystery, Paul said. We are not all going to sleep, but we're all going to be caught away. Titus said, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. About two miles past my baby brother's house in South Mississippi, there's a graveyard. used to be called Reading Graveyard. Now it's called something else. I can't remember what it's called. But in that graveyard, I don't know how many saints are in that graveyard, but I know two. I know two saints are in that graveyard. My mom and my daddy. Has lived as close to the Lord as I could imagine anybody living. You remember telling the story about Mama getting baptized when she was old, because she got baptized in the Free Will Baptist Church when she was just a child, and she couldn't really remember. And she wanted to get rebaptized just in case. Brought a revival to the church. Well, there's coming a moment which may not be very long, which may be just any day, just any time. There's two old saints. The trumpet's going to sound and the grave's going to burst. It's not going to take a week for somebody to dig them up. Put their bones back together. No! It's going to happen in a moment. In the twinkle of an eye. At the last trump for the trumpet shall sound. And if I hadn't met them in the grave somewhere before then, I'm going to be caught up. I've often wondered if I get caught up. Well, I see Mama and them going up from South Mississippi in there. I figure at that moment in time, I'll be super anyway. I could see all the way across the sky. I just wonder about things, you know. Page number one. Y'all would like to know how many pages I got, don't you? Because, see, I put a deal under mine, but I don't do like Pastor. He picks up his last page. We know, boy, he's about through, thank goodness. I hide mine so they won't guess at it. <laughs> See, before you knew it, I let you out this morning. You thought, whew, what's going on now? James said, be patient. Say patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Now, I don't know how these prophets and preachers are able to deal with theirself. I just got to be honest. I love listening to them, but I can't for the life of me figure out how they can deal with themselves. I listen to this one, and I listen intently to every scripture he gives me. I guess I'm on this because I mentioned this this morning, didn't I? I got to get off on that. He gave every scripture to prove his point that the church wasn't going to leave until the end of tribulation. I said, come on, come on, come on. Just give me one of them scriptures that says nobody knows the day nor the hour and explain it to me.
Give me one of them scriptures like James wrote that said, The coming of the Lord draweth nigh. And on and on I could go. And then the other guy, the pre-tribber. He proves his point that just before the tribulation hits, we're going to get caught up. I have no earthly idea. I do know one thing, though. And I'm trying to get it across to you tonight. I do know one thing. It's going to happen. And I do know one thing. I don't know when, but in a moment, in the twinkle of an eye, the last trumpet of the trumpet shall sound, he's going to catch us away. I do know he says that for the elect's sake, I'm going to shorten it. And on and on I could go. We can't be ready to go doing as we please. But you must be pure. You must be holy. You must be acceptable to God. Jude said, and Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied these saying, said, Behold, the Lord cometh. Behold, the Lord cometh. He's coming, church. He's not only coming, he must come to prove his claim on the earth. He said he was going to claim the earth. He's going to purify the earth. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth will pass away and there won't be any more sea. That's his word. That's his word. I even read a scripture. It's in... Uh, where is it at? Not in Jeremiah. Zechariah. Maybe it's in Zechariah. Maybe it's Zechariah. Zechariah, I believe it is the one that said it. Maybe you can correct me. Zechariah said there will be written on the horse's bridles, holiness unto the Lord, and set on the pots and the pans. You mean there going to be pots and pans? It said it was. That's all I'm going by. It said it was. I guess Darlene will get her field of cooking there. She can have all the pots and pans she wants, but every one she picks up, it's going to have written on it, holiness unto the Lord. All I can tell you is I've read enough scripture to know it's going to be one happy day. If I could sing, I'd sing happy day. Oh, happy day. It's going to be one happy day. Revelation said, Behold, I come quickly. Prophesy. That's in the other scripture. Forget that. Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. It's important to get in the church and stay. It's important to work. It's important to be ready. It's important. He won't come this time to be crucified. He'll be coming this time in power and great glory, the Bible said. Story pops in my mind. I've told it before here. I ain't no telling how many times I might have told it. That's the good part of getting old. You forget what you've done sometimes. <laughs> Just pops in my mind when I was in Fayetteville. That's a long time ago. And I was at Springdale, Arkansas at a graduation class. And there was several hundred graduating. I didn't have no seat. I stand on the goalpost back in the back of the gym. And they was marching across the stage. And all the, all the school officials was passing out this special, the diplomas. And then they would some get special awards and so forth and so on. And then about half of the class had passed across the stage. And, and uh, it was sort of tiring. 
taken a long time. But these students were really, really thrilled, you know. They were happy to be there. And I was there because I had a student from the church that was graduating. And all of a sudden, everybody started clapping with all of their might, stood to their feet. Well, by then, I can't see the stage hardly to save my life. But they just kept on clapping and roaring with, with hollering and clapping. I have no idea what's going on. I don't know what's happening. But they're clapping and cheering on. Finally, finally the, the uh, superintendent, I guess it was, calmed everybody down and quieted them down, had them sit down. And I watched the stage. It was empty except for those up there. And in a few minutes, I seen something coming up the other side of the stage where they'd been walking up. And there was a kid crawling. The stage had six or eight steps, I forget which, somewhere in that neighborhood. And he was on his knees crawling. If I could get on my knees, I'd crawl up his step for you, but I can't do that. Not in my own power. He was crawling up those steps. He was crippled. His hands were twisted so many different directions. It seemed like you couldn't tell which way they were twisted. One of them wasn't twisted the same way the other, and his legs was all twisted up. But nobody was helping him, I thought. I wonder why nobody don't help him. I learned later, talking to the student that graduated at my church, I learned later that he had requested that no matter how long it took for nobody to help him, he wanted to get up on the stage and get his diploma on his own strength. They said he had went through school that way. He wouldn't let, he wouldn't let them give him no favorites. He took the same, he took the same lessons, learned the same lessons, took the same tests as every other student, student did. He finally made it to the folks. He had all kind of awards presented to him, you know, uh, that, that one gets when they graduate, plus all the special stuff that he'd done. And then they stood there. Everybody was silent. And he started, and he had to go down the other side. The stage was much wider than this stage, and he comes crawled all the way across with his elbows and his hands, with his feet and his knees, and he crawls all the way to the other side and turns around and starts the, starts the scary process of going down the steps. Every now and then they'd say, oh, you know, you could, you could tell everybody was holding their breath. And they'd let out a every now and then, you know, because it looked like surely he's going to tumble all the way to the bottom. But he wouldn't. He finally made it to the bottom. When he got to the bottom, that place went up in a roar. I mean, it went up in a roar of shouting and clapping and giving praise to this young man for his accomplishments. And it was at that very moment the Holy Ghost touched me, standing on that goalpost. Holy Ghost touched my heart, and I started crying uncontrollably. Holy Ghost said that was awesome, wasn't it? Said he went through life with his difficulties and with his cripples, and he made the same grades everybody else. He succeeded for the for the well person succeeded, and he made it. And now he's down on the other side. But said, let me whisper something in your ear. Said, let me whisper a little something in your ear. Said, when you crawl up them steps on one side, and he reaches over the bounds of glory and passes out the certificate you're going to get. Welcome you home. Said, you've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many. You will not crawl down the other side. No matter what kind of shape you're in, you're going to jump up and jump and leap for joy because you're going to have a brand new body. You're going to have a glorified body. Can I tell you tonight, church, I am not looking to crawl across the stage of life and barely 
make it in. I'm looking to make it. Hallelujah. No matter how much difficulty or how much trouble or how many trials, I intend to see him face to face. Amen. Are you ready? Are you ready for Jesus to come? I mean, we're living in a time when they're trying to stamp out the word Jesus. But it won't never be done. There are more believers in the world today than there's ever been since there's been a world. There are more people that get saved in one year in foreign countries. I mean saved. I mean saved in Jesus' name. More than is lived. That's staggering. God's not coming back after four or five people that failed, finally made it. He's coming back out of multitudes. I'm going to be one of them. Are you ready for Jesus to come? I'll get this old saying I say to me every now and then, ready or not, here I come. How oh boy, we played a game that was named that, ready or not, here I come. Well, that's why Jesus, ready or not, here I come. Are you ready? Come to the music, please. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Oh, I feel something stirred in my soul tonight. Are you ready? We got a bunch of folks that's working. I almost said something wouldn't have been sounded good. It's funny. We got a bunch of folks in the back working. Long, hard hours. These folks back there have been there since I was here preaching this morning. Never left. Been there since 9 this morning. They'll be there till 8.30 tonight. Do you think they're doing that in vain? No. If they convince one person to turn to Jesus, you're talking about an award. You're talking about a reward. It's going to be something. There's people that, that goes through horrible, horrible things in order to save people. There's preachers and lay people that puts herself in danger every day. Man, they hadn't put me in jail since I've been in Blythe for preaching. Isn't that something? That's good, isn't it? So I should even the more, I should even the more be ready to go. Since I have no hindrances, I should the more be ready to go stand to your feet. Father, we thank you for this message tonight. It has stirred my heart. It has stirred my spirit. I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you for moving in my spirit again. I thank you for stirring my spirit again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.